0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast.
1: Welcome to an action packed Thursday of Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. I am Dan Vespris. We've got Neil Rochelani and Coach coming up. Later in the program, in no particular order, we've got additional draft analysis, a Team USA update, what's to come on DFS Today, Episode 2, promos, advertisements, it's the whole kit and caboodle. This, of course, is a hoop ball presentation. It's also brought to you by our good buddies, presenting sponsors, over at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, hawaiianisles.com, Hawaiian I S L E S. Kona Coffee Company, H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter, HawaiianIsles.com, Hawaiian Isles on Amazon. Get it now! I'm going with the aggressive approach today, the in-your-face ad. Go get it! Go try it! Try one out. Tell me that you're not hooked. Tell me you're not hooked for life. Yeah, it's a little bit gourmet, but you know what? I know almost every one of you has probably gone out and bought a cup of coffee at a store, Go get a whole bag of gourmet stuff for that same cost. I mean, that's like it's a no-brainer. HawaiianIsles.com. I want to launch headstrong into uh, our rotating cavalcade of co-hosts actually on today's podcast, uh, and there's so many things to cover. So uh, why don't we just let's start with Team USA? Because I honestly, I all I know is that they played and almost lost a couple days ago, and beyond that, I am infinitely com- confused about what's to come next uh by the way i'm dan bespris i don't know if i said that already at dan bespris on twitter rate and review the podcast if you like liking what you're hearing here as we rev our way towards opening day it's weekly update time and this one a little bit more tenuous than the last one these games count coach you doing okay over there man that game against turkey was not great how are you, Dan? Uh, man, I'll tell you what—I
2: was uh, not a happy camper. Let's just say that—that was—that was extremely nerve-wracking and uh, and really disappointing. I know we pulled it out and we 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 won by a point, but uh, man, we just did not play well and really had no business winning the game at all. So it's uh, yeah, it's sort of a whole new ball game now.
1: Okay, so let's let's dial. I'm going to try to do this chronologically to the best of my ability because I, like many of our listeners here on Fantasy NBA today, are probably not fully piped in to when this when certain things are happening and what's going on. Give me a lay of the land on Team USA. By the way, th- this is Coach Man. If I didn't properly introduce uh, Coach Joe Joe Sarvati, Coach uh, Coach Joe Sarvati, or just I think you prefer just Coach. Uh, you're you're basically our resident Team USA guy. Where what's the how is everything settling right now? So USA is into everybody's into real games that matter. They they beat Turkey. Are they, Team USA is that are they two and zero in traditional play now? When is the next game? Like what's the what's what's the chronology of what's going on this week? Because I've lost track since the last time we talked.
2: Well, and, and most people have. Uh, so, you know, I, I know we, we talked a bit about it on last week's show, but just sort of to, to, to review that quickly, the, yeah. the FIBA Basketball Championship, you know, is going on uh, right now. And, again, most people are missing it because it's in China. The games are being played at really odd times in the morning, and it's not being covered uh, on television yet uh, at this point in the tournament. And a lot of our NBA guys dropped out. So it's probably the least coverage that the FIBA World Championships have ever gotten from the USA side. So that, you know, being one thing. But it is, uh, you know, major competition. It's one that that uh, obviously we take a lot of pride in. And, you know, the buildup to uh, this starting, uh, you know, took that huge punch in the nose when we lost one of the exhibition games to Australia and sort of shook everybody up there. But we did start pool play last week, and uh, we are 2-0. and oh. Again, that last one by Turkey was by one in overtime uh, by the skin of our teeth. So we have qualified to move on to the second round. Uh, we do have one more pool play game that's, that uh, will be played tomorrow. Uh, that uh, really doesn't matter if we win or lose. Uh, so we'll be fine there, but that that's who's that against. One against? Oh, okay. You it's against gonna... Japan. Who's one of the weaker teams. And it's, uh, that game's played at eight thirty Eastern time in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> so it'll, it'll yeah. be in the wee hours for you out there on the, on the left coast. Yeah. Right. I'll be getting
1: uh, the recap after that one's done. Thank you very much.
2: No doubt. But, uh, yeah, we're I mean it's we, we are not playing well. We and believe it or not, for the first time in the the history of FIBA basketball, uh, we are now, according to Vegas, not the favorites to win the the championship, hmm. win the gold.
1: Who is Serbia? Uh,
2: Serbia has passed us in the odds we're now the second choice. So oh my uh, yeah, if that doesn't wake some some people up. But you know, we as we I talked about on our, our pod. Uh, podcast uh, that I did with Adrian Benjamin's, and then you and I referenced it last week a little bit. Is you know that loss to Australia in that exhibition game? What it did was, and the reason I was so upset at the time is it just it took that veil of you know uh, unbeatable USA away, and it was like okay, if if they can beat them, we can beat them. And Turkey came out, didn't look. And you know, I watched the whole game; they did not look one second of. Uh, intimidated whatsoever and they are not one of the top five six teams really you know that can beat us so I am right now sweating bullets I mean we're we (laughs) we we could Dan on any given night in my opinion if we you know we could easily lose to a Serbia Lithuania Australia France Spain those are the five teams that I will be biting my nails on because we're talking about there's there's an outside chance we come home empty-handed wouldn't that be amazing
1: how does the next round work when does that start is that is that a round robin is that a bracket play I don't I really don't know how this whole process goes
2: well pool play begins with four teams in every pool to advance to get eliminated so 14 out of the 16 spots have already been clinched there's two more the last two spots will be clinched tomorrow. And then that group of sixteen regoes out into pools again, four groups of four, and then that's where the final teams come out of. So we're basically down to the sweet sixteen after tomorrow morning's games. And just to give the listeners that care about it at all, here's who's in less far: Poland, Venezuela, Argentina, Russia. Spain, Puerto Rico, Serbia, Italy, USA, Brazil, France, Dominican Republic, Lithuania, and Australia. And then there's two more spots that will be filled, as I said, tomorrow. Then new pool play begins later this week. And then the following week uh, will will be the final stretch of games, and the champion will be uh, not this weekend but next weekend.
1: Okay, so between today and the next time you and I speak – what could happen we will we will
2: know probably who the final uh teams uh probably know about the about three or four of the final teams that will move on to the medal round
1: goodness and And do we know
2: yeah it'll, it'll be either we'll have one game left like we do with some of these or else they'll already be decided
1: and do we already know who uh the next set of, of pools are, or is that all done after all 16 teams are in? And then it's is it randomized at that point?
2: It is, uh, it's redone once the 16 teams fall in, and then they're bracketed out by seeding. So at this point, all the teams that come out, the 16 teams, once we know those final two tomorrow, they'll look at those seedings and they'll bracket them out to keep the the four groups as balanced as possible.
1: Oh, so that's actually kind of helpful for team USA, right? Cuz then you likely dodge the other the other 3-1 seeds.
2: I would think so. I mean, uh we certainly won't be in a group with Serbia or or Spain or France, I would doubt, but you know, possibly a Lithuania or Australia could be in there. Again, that's conjecture, but you know, we'll see how that falls. Um you know, it's going to be important. Though we we lost uh, uh, Jason Tatum on that last play of, of the game; he twisted his ankle, and they've already uh, said he's going to be out a minimum of two games. So he'll miss tomorrow's game, which means nothing, and then that first round for sure uh, of that that second set. So
1: wasn't Lithuania? Was that Lithuania beat us 15 years ago? Wasn't that the one that everybody was like? That when they finally retooled everything, Sarunas Jasikevicius. Am I remembering remembering any of that right?
2: Uh, Lithuania was the team that knocked us off. You are you have a good yeah. memory, and that was right before the Colangelo and Coach K and stuff came in, and uh, it was they had beat a bunch of uh, college guys of ours, and you know we sort of had reset, and you know we we had been uh, 88-0 since then until that Australian game. And then, uh you know, just barely escape with our lives again uh in this in this last one, but yeah. uh it's a new 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 tournament now. it's gonna be fun to watch.
1: I know you said that a lot of the issues uh, the dropout stuff like that is because it's just too close to the olympics um I mean, I know that anybody can drop out for whatever reason they want to, but isn't it a little bit frustrating that some of the guys pulling out are like twenty two and on teams that are going to be fighting for like an eighth or seventh playoff spot. And the reasoning is they're focusing on winning a championship. Maybe they just don't want to do it. How do we, how do we make it a more enticing prospect?
2: Well, I mean, the last two guys that dropped out were the ones that hurt the most. We lost Fox and Bagley from, if Sacramento is going to contend for an NBA championship this year, then, uh, you know, I'm going to go bet that ticket and retire right now because that ain't going to happen. But, you know, so that's the kind of thing that that really hurt. But again, you know, and and we referenced a little bit last week, this is just sort of a reset year. Nobody really knew it was going to happen this first time that FIBA moved it within one year of the Olympics instead of two. And the way the USA set it up is they had a national team pool and a select team pool. And the select team pool guys weren't, they were just supposed to be the scrimmage guys for the national, the big team. And were just supposed to, you know, that was the end of their commitment. So in their defense, the Foxes and Bagley's, those guys had no idea that they would be selected to move forward and commit to this. Yes. So that's why when all of a sudden, because of dropouts, those guys were offered, they were like, well, man, you know, they probably had vacations planned and different things like that. And, in prep for for the season so it just it it, again it was a big mess and i think they'll those are the type of guys that will start playing in this uh going forward uh you know forward and then let the the senior guys do the olympics that's more than likely
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it seems like some of these young guys turned out to be better than they thought they would be at this juncture of their career and so that all got jumbled up or am i misreading that
2: well it, it got jumbled in, up in the fact of of just you know their being able to commit to it and and i think that the, the team usa sort of thought that some of these veteran guys would still play even though you know it was a back to back year with the olympics so it was like a catch 22 just everything you know they backed out the younger guys sort of got pushed in weren't expecting it and hmm. it just it was a somewhat of a comedy of errors. Now, the you know, what's going to happen from here is the question: Can we regroup? You know, this is really going to test Coach Pop and and the squad that's there. But I'll tell you honestly, Dan, I've I've been uh, I've probably watched more of these games than just about anybody. I've been up <laughs> and I've watched them all on ESPN Plus uh, on the laptop because they're not on TV at this juncture. But I've caught every team uh, that's advancing at least a game and a half. So I've seen them all. And and I'm telling you right now, you know, and I'm still the biggest supporter and I'll be rooting and watching and, uh, you know, hoping the USA can do it. But uh, I'm very concerned that uh, this run is going to be tough. There are some very, very good teams. And Serbia in particular, just right now they look just – 10 points 15 points better than us and i know it sounds crazy but they're just playing fantastic basketball
1: yeah they're not they're not missing too many shots by the way i have significant beef with the fact that these games are impossible to watch this is like my dream every year is to wake up to basketball this is the one time i could potentially do that during a, a calendar year and they're making it like put it on NBA TV put it on ESPN2 I don't I don't care what you do I know you're trying to get me to subscribe to something I'm not gonna I'm not going to subscribe to this I I'm just yeah. put it on something I can watch it on I want to wake up in the morning to basketball I want to get my kid ready for preschool with basketball on the TV that's the dream and they're screwing it up They they're totally screwing
2: it up and it, and it really really sucks I mean I'm furious about it I mean I it was you watch these shows on ESPN2 and I mean, you mean to tell me they, they couldn't send a team over there uh, for NBA TV? That's all they do, or ESPNU. or put it on one of those. We th- what was on the other day? Uh, honest to God, they were they were uh, grape seed spitting and <laughs> or cherry pit spitting and cornhole. Yeah, I and saw these that. These are one. things they were showing on TV. Why you're you're talking? And it, it's it's sad because you know what? These games are all being shown in all these other countries. It's a big deal. This yeah. is a big deal everywhere else. So this is a, you know, I don't understand it. I mean, I paid the, the stupid $4 and 95 cents to, for ESPN plus so they sucked me in, but yeah, I'm, I'm out, outraged about it myself. I think that it, it does a disservice, uh, you know, to, to basketball. I mean, this, this is our game and we need to, these games should be televised. Now I know later in the tournament, they'll be on, but, uh, it's, it's just very, very disappointing. Yeah. But, uh, I'd
1: watch any, yeah. I would watch any of these games on television. I didn't even need to be team USA. If it was just on, I would put it on even if it's in the background. I, I just, the, to me, they're missing a massive opportunity and maybe that's the thing. Maybe it costs too much money to actually get it put together. But anyway, uh, excellent coach. What's your prediction? For the next six and a half days until we talk again, what is going to happen the next week? And then I want to talk DFS show.
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think you'll see this next round. You know, the team there. There are a lot of sneaky teams in there that are dangerous: Argentina, Italy, Venezuela. I mean, there. I think you know there'll be some upsets that nobody saw coming because now that we're going to be down to the Sweet Sixteen. You know. There hasn't really been anybody eliminated that was expected to move on, so you're going to have probably, you know, out of the 16, uh, you know, 14 of them are, are the, the top-rated FIBA teams in the world. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be great. Any given night, the game should be fantastic. You know, uh, France, Lithuania, if they're matched up, that'd be a terrific game. You know, to see Australia against a Spain or Poland, Poland's got a strong front line. So, I, you know, I think my prediction is there's going to be some great games. If you have the chance to, to take them in and you love basketball, uh, you know, check them out. And then we just have to cross our fingers that USA gets a good pull and continue forward and we can get Tatum back and uh, try to make a final run.
1: Uh and by the way, if you challenge Coach to an arm wrestling competition and beat him, he'll give you his ESPN plus login information. <laughs> no, no I, no, I
2: I follow the rules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, coach, tell me about DFS show this week. Because first I-, I loved the debut last week. I know it it aired right after you and I talked. Uh I listened to the whole thing before it even got put out into the into the internet. I listened to the whole thing to make sure. Everything was, was set up perfectly and levels were all good. You know, I did a little put on my producer visor for an hour there. And it was just, it was so much fun to hear you guys getting in there. And it it's finally real that I think, I don't know, maybe you're feeling the same thing that I am. But for me, this was like a project that I wanted to have at Hootball for so, so long. So I'm just so thrilled that it's happening. Massive thank you to Fantasy Draft for helping us put this thing together. What are folks looking forward to? What can they expect in episode two which I believe airs uh, Thursday again this week, right?
2: It does, Thursday again. And yes, I mean, it was it was a blast. And, and if you haven't heard the first episode, uh, just look, Hoopball D- NBA DFS Today. You can find it wherever podcasts are found if you want to catch up before uh, uh, episode two uh, launches on uh, Thursday. And here's the thing. We, we discussed sort of the the makeup of what we're going to do with this show on a regular basis. We're we're carving out our own niche in the industry. We want to really be the go-to place if you are interested in NBA basketball. From the DFS standpoint, you're playing Daily Fantasy. We're going to break all of that down for you. If you're playing in leagues, whether they're they're, uh, year-long, dynasty, head-to-head, there's going to be a lot of good information in there for you there and then talking the game i mean that's a, the, a bit of the difference that we're trying to really stand out we're not just going to spit out a bunch of numbers and give you percentages of ownership of what we're going to who we're going to take we're going to talk about really all of those strategies what are the trends of the game who's you know who's coming through in the clutch what are the matchups defensively what's the pace of play what's the new rotation You know, this year more than any other with all of the player movement uh, in the offseason, everything's readjusting. No one has any clue how, for example, Harden and Westbrook are going to shake out statistically now that they're on the same team and their usage is so high. So, you know, what we're going to do in this week's episode, we talked about the the number 10 through 6 of the biggest moves in the offseason that will affect this year's DFS and fantasy uh, output for players. This week, we're going to go five through one. So we'll obviously talk about those biggest moves that, that... And we'll talk about them in depth, how they affect the teams, not just the players that moved, but the players that now are going to feel the effects of those moves and how it's going you know, going to sort of re-rank where they are. So we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll also go into some things in future episodes. We have uh, another five episodes before the NBA launches in about uh, a preseason in about six and a half weeks. And so we'll start talking about those things we're getting. uh, And I thank you for all the listeners that are responding on Twitter and have posted a lot of questions and uh, have taken the time to rate and review and comment. Uh, That's all appreciated. We're going to use some of that material uh, to really make it so that uh you know the the listeners feel like they're part of the show.
1: It's fantastic. Let me just start with that. It's fantastic. Um I I can't wait to find out the top five. Uh I can't wait to bet with you guys or it's I guess it's not betting. All right, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I can't wait to play with you guys when we get into the preseason. Um but more importantly, fantasy draft coach. I've been trying my best to talk about what they are, what they offer on this show. Just, you know, giving a little shout out here and there. What is rake-free DFS and why are they so special?
2: Well, they and, you know, again, I'm ecstatic and I'm thankful that that uh, Hoopball and Fantasy Draft were able to bring bring this together because we feel at Hoopball we bring something unique to the table and Fantasy Draft just has come up with an industry changer. They have now offered rake free DFS. So, uh, you can also, and we we don't want to forget to mention that if you go to fantasydraft.com and you enter the, the promo hoop dash ball, don't forget the dash, you get one free week of completely DFS, uh, rake free up to a thousand dollars. So that again, if you're betting $25, you're playing a head to head against somebody else for $25 and you win, you get fifty dollars. So they don't take a, a penny. So mm. they, they have created this new niche because rake is what really hurts in a lot of DFS sites. If you see that the, the take that, that their their piece of it is before they pay it out, you know, it's costing the people that are winning these contests a ton of money. So they have come up with a, a new concept of where they go rake free. And this Sunday is their big Hooters million dollar football contest, which again, rake free. So you enter, the entry is $20 to get in and you have your chance uh, in this million to win a million dollars and everything that goes in comes out. So there's no percentage taken out from the house whatsoever. And that is really fantasy draft is just exploding and, that's why we're so excited to get involved at the exact time and be a huge part of it as they launch into the NBA when we get started.
1: At Hoopball Fantasy, at Fantasy Draft, at Joe Sarvati, right? You're just your name on Twitter. Correct. Perfect. Follow- and
2: at Micah Patria. I got to give him a shout Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Co host who carries me through the shows. Uh, and again, just uh, looking forward to, to getting that second episode uh, with Mike up and going. But yes, thank you to Fantasy Draft. Thank you to Mike. And we're we're ready to keep this rolling,
1: man. Sign up for a new account at Fantasy Draft with promo code hoop-ball. You get a free week of rake-free DFS, courtesy of Coach and Mike on NBA DFS Today. Again, you can find that. I am able to find it very easily. I go to my search bar my browser. I type in DFS today, hoop ball, and up it pops. It gives me the one at hoop ball as the lead result. Then two, you know, two clicks down, I see the iTunes page. Uh, you can see it at Red Circle. That's our podcast host. It's on Player FM. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere. You guys have to listen to episode two when it comes out tomorrow. You can still go back and listen to episode one. That's the beauty of what you guys are doing right now, coach. Is that these are not Uh, These are not topical. These are evergreen shows with uh, strategic elements that people can use going into the season. And I have to admit, listening to show one, the thing that I took away from it was that there is there's there's a juiciness. There's sort of like a, a weakness to the lines when the season first starts and folks that have been doing their prep work in the summertime and the preseason. You guys have a huge edge because the prices haven't adjusted yet.
2: I'll I'll tell you what, it's not to be underestimated. I I can tell you the last two seasons, some of the highest profit margins I personally have had on DFS are in the preseason, because they do run preseason contests. And then that first two, three, four weeks of the season sometimes, because it takes all of the, you know, it takes the fantasy drafts and everybody time to adjust that pricing. And if you really know what's going on, uh, man, you can you can make some money early on. And and let me tell you, these these shows we're doing this next six weeks are key to, to really, in my opinion, to setting yourself up for a very profitable season, whether it be DFS or in your fantasy leagues, because you've got most people distracted by NFL getting started. But for the N- for the NBA and basketball purists, if you really buckle down and do a lot of preparation in this next six weeks. Tune in, listen to our shows, and, you know, it's going to make such an impact. And it's nice to have a little bankroll built up prior to the season starting. It makes it a lot more fun. But, you know, join in, give us the comments, follow up with us on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we just we're excited to get you off to the right start. And we're excited for the, the partnership that we have with Fantasy Draft.
1: Yeah. Do all of that at Fantasy Draft. Abandon your other sites. Fantasy Draft is better. You're going to love it. Uh, Coach, maybe the other thing that's my that is my favorite about the show is that this these lead in episodes kind of give me personally a chance to get my bearings. I, I feel like you guys are able to start with a very wide angle view and then as the season gets closer, you're going to be going in tighter and tighter with the camera, and then it'll be microscope time. Uh, and then I'll be ready for, for, to use the microscope. Because if episode one was, here's a microscope, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin pointing it at DFS. So you guys uh, keep dominating. I can't wait to listen to episode two coming out here in just a little bit. Coach, uh, good luck this week with Team USA, man, rooting for the team, rooting for your health. I'll talk to you soon.
2: I'll be sweating bullets, man. Thanks for having (laughs) me on and and, uh, look forward to everybody listening in uh, tomorrow. So
1: appreciate it. That was Coach getting us filled in on Team USA, what to expect, what the predictions are. And I can tell you just listening to him, you probably can as well. You know Coach, he's a boisterous man. He's a little bit nervous about our national team right now. FIBA is a weird game. Was there a game? There was one game, and I saw it on. Tw- I didn't see the the actual action, but I know that one game was decided because a free throw to tie it at the end of regulation sat on the rim, and then somebody just reached up and batted it off, which just seems so ruthlessly absurd. I just strange, strange game. Uh, want to take a moment here in the middle of the podcast to remind you guys of our partnership with MyBookie. A couple of new tidbits on our good buddies over there, mybookie.com is the website, if you found a hundred bucks on the street, would you pick it up, or would you keep walking, you'd probably pick it up, although I know, speaking for myself as a nervous fellow, I'd probably pick it up and then look around for like nine minutes, trying to figure out how it got there, but anyway, many of us, we look at these games, we pick winners, but we're not betting on it, that's the same thing. So go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy. They pay when you win when you're betting. You want I mean you want to get the money quick. And also, this is something I've talked about the first whatever it is, 8 8 odd days that we've been working with my bookie. Where you're betting is just as important, if not more so, than who you're betting on. And that's the big picture here with my bookie. They are just more trustworthy. Wouldn't you tell, I wouldn't tell you guys to do it if I wasn't doing it myself. I am. I've moved my money over. Uh, so join me. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football, do it with my bookie. If you're going to wait until basketball, do it with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a bunch, you could try a parlay. Do a correlated parlay. Don't do a silly one. It's a way to multiply winnings, increase the odds. Correlated parlays. Like in basketball, correlated parlay is if you think... Basically, if you're like, look, if this game is a blowout, it's going to be because the good team holds the bad team to 85 points. So you think it's probably going under. So you take the favorite with the chalk, and you bet the under. If you think it's going to be close, both teams are going to score a bunch of points, it's going to be close, you take the underdog, correlated parlay. Correlate that with the over. The way it goes over, the way it stays close is the underdog putting up a bunch of points, a bunch of buckets. That's how parlays should be played. Don't just pick anything at random. Join now at MyBookie. They'll double their first deposit up to $1,000. Promo code is TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. By the way, their official website is MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.com would forward you to that. MyBookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. You play, you win, you get paid. Thank you, as always, to our buddies at MyBookie. Appreciate the fact they've come aboard and given me a place to uh, drop a few coins. Let's get into the fantasy stuff now. Ball with Neil. I'm so sorry I screwed you out of Tuesday's show. Hello, my good man.
0: Hey, Dan. I, that's what I expect from you, so it's quite all right.
1: At least, hey, you know what? I like that you're taking shots now. None of this, none of this like, bended knee crap. I need you coming at me. Guns blazing. I deserve it.
0: Come on. Yeah. You've been so gracious. I can't. Oh, that. come on.
1: But you backed off I, that fact. <laughs> I on. backed off that quickly.
0: Oh. I would I would do it again. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it's great to be back. Thanks for having me on uh Thursday show. And um you know, we get I get like half time, but that, that's that's not so bad. I'm, yeah. so I'm kinda of tired myself anyway. So. Yeah,
1: I know you're you're a worn out man these days. You got a lot going on. And plus sometimes when you condense when you condense an appearance, when you condense a, a podcast or a moment, you can really you can really sort of like, dig into the meat, the real meat of it. Uh, by the way, this is Neil Rochelani at Ball with Neil on Twitter, B A L L W I T H N E I L. Normally here on Tuesdays, but I, I biffed it. We normally record on Monday evenings, but I wasn't around on Monday evening. But uh, you were kind enough to shift it over to a different time of the week. Uh, we had gone back and forth, Neil, a little bit. Via text message on on how we wanted to approach this one, I thought we might do either a few more picks of the draft or maybe some stuff from the draft that you like. But uh, you said, Dan, how about we just go with some stuff? Should I tell you about it or should should I just nail you in real time? And I said, what did I say?
0: You said to nail you in real time.
1: Yeah, so nail me in real time, Ball with Neil. What are we talking about?
0: All right, so I want to talk a little about draft strategy in addition to the picks. That you've already, um, I know you've already talked about this a little bit, but I want to go further in depth. So, we t- we both agree that the first few rounds you don't want to screw it up, so you want to be very safe with your top few picks. Uh, then, in the middle rounds, you start to wait to guys fall to you. Is that correct? Is that-
1: yeah, that's that is sort <laughs> got- of my thing. That is okay. my shtick.
0: Yes, that is your stick. And then maybe some point at no man's land, you start to reach. Or not reach, but you're okay with taking risks. Yeah, because Um,
1: at that point, there's really no such thing as a reach anymore, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is where I wanted to look at this draft and and, then talk to you about where do you think... Because I have a player here, as I was reviewing the draft, about where I think, oh, this player's still available, I have to take him. They've dropped this far, I, I have to take him, even if I want to reach, or I, I think perhaps a, there's a better upside guy. So where, where do you draw that distinction?
1: So I, that's a really, really good way of, of lining it up. You sort of answered the question for me, so thank you for that. Yeah, you sort of, for me, I kind of start no man's land when the obvious mid-round guys stop falling to me. And I don't know, that could be a different round in every single draft you do. Uh, when we analyze results at the end of the year, we're looking for a point where it would usually happen. And I I don't know that we can necessarily say we, we know that for this coming year because, you know, we don't know how these guys are going to do over the course of the season. Uh, but looking at the picks right now, and maybe I'm nuts, but it feels like this most uh, – well, let me dial it back. So two years ago, No Man's Land looked like it was starting around 75. This most recent season, it seemed to start earlier. There was uh, even more variability than usual. I think this draft might go back – to uh, what we saw two years ago, I get the feeling there's more fantasy guys that are going to be relevant this season. So I think No Man's Land starts a tiny bit later again, maybe closer to 70 or 75. What were your thinking on that one?
0: Yeah, I think it falls even later. I mean, I think it also depends very much draft to draft and and who you're drafting against and and, uh, where guys fall. But um, I'm looking at this specific draft, and I see it going up to... Pick ninety nine, and I know I know you don't agree with me on this one, but if Marcus All is there in the ninth round, I'm taking him.
1: I'm no a little bit worried ask. about what I've seen these these predictive uh, Excel spreadsheets talking about what the Raptors' rotation is going to look like, and they have Serge Ibaka exclusively playing the five. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think that's oversimplifying. So yeah, I think Marcus you know. You've heard it. I I said it on a previous podcast. I think he's I think he's older than he is valuable at this point, but a hundred is you're well past the start of no man's land. For me at least. I think you're in a spot here where you take you take whatever guy you want. I don't I think Neil, I wouldn't necessarily classify him as a guy that sort of fell to someone at ninety nine. I think that he's a classic no man's land guy this year. And if you think he could harness, you know, twenty six or twenty seven minutes of uh, productivity, if we think he can get that high, then he's a guy with upside at this point. I just I don't know that there's a whole lot left in the tank. I actually like the guy right in front of him more in this sort of late 90s, no man's land area, and that's Ennis Cantor.
0: I like them both. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we can, you can like I them both. I would take them both. Yeah. I, well, for me, for like no man's land begins when I think a player is not going to finish in the top 75. If I'm confident a player's gonna finish in the top seventy-five, I'll take them in the you know in the '90s without looking for. Um, so where in this
1: lot. where in this draft do you think you you see the first guy that you don't believe will finish inside the top seventy-five, and you and you're pretty sure of it? For me, I think it's Lonzo Ball, actually.
0: Oh sure, yes. I mean, but further up it does happen. But I mean, guys, I'm not I'm not looking at guys who aren't gonna finish. Well, I guess I can do that. But the first guy, I think that's not going to finish in the top 75, it's going to be, um, Hassan, oh, God.
1: Hassan it could Whiteside.
0: Lot, it could be a lot of these guys. It could be Whiteside, it could, DeJounte Murray for sure. But, yeah, Lonzo Ball is probably it.
1: So that's – Hassan Whiteside was at 70, Lonzo was 72, yeah. Murray was 73. So, I mean, it seems like we're calling no man's land early 70s this year.
0: Right. Unless I have guys on my board that I'm very confident are going to finish in the top 75. Like, well, that's I think okay. This, I think this all in Cantor will.
1: And that's okay, though, so, because this is, this is my reasoning behind why I, I, I sort of picked okay. this, this arbitrary number. Once you get past 75, take those guys whenever you want. You don't have necessarily have to wait for them to fall to the 8th or ninth round, because at this point, it's sort of six of one, half dozen of the other. You take the guy you're looking at. I see a handful of guys between rounds 7 and 10 that I would gladly take any one of them in the middle of round 7. If it meant that I got them on my team. This is where I think you start to target guys more than you target uh like difference between draft position and ADP. Uh and that's why I ended up calling it no man's land, which might be sort of a confusing nomenclature, but like for instance, we're talking about Marcus All. For you, for me, Ennis Cantor at ninety-eight. I would happily take Ennis Cantor fifteen spots earlier than that. Because I don't know that there's anybody I'm looking at in the '80s that went in this draft where I'm like, oh, I definitely have to take that guy before I take Edis Canner. I feel like any one of those guys has almost the same odds of finishing above the other, so that's why I think at that point you're just you're grabbing the guy that you want to put on your team. That's where you start to target the name as opposed to whether it's falling or safety or whatever. You just you swing for the fences. You do whatever you, you do whatever the hell you want. You don't worry about uh, what round you're in.
0: Yeah, I, I guess uh, perhaps my distinction is if I'm, let's say, targeting – so I'm targeting Jonathan Isaac this year, and um, let's say in the later rounds. But let's say Marcus Gasol is still there um, in round eight. I would take Gasol over him. Okay. And you, and you said you would target – let's say hypothetically Isaac's the guy you're targeting and Cantor is still there. Would you, who would you take ahead of those two?
1: Uh, I'm choosing between Isaac and Cantor in this in this hypothetical. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm taking the guy that I think has less of a chance of making it back to me the next time around. I okay. guess fair enough. Uh, which is probably Isaac between those two guys in this particular hypothetical. I think he'll probably go in front of Cantor in a lot of drafts. But I guess I mean I'm trying to figure out the right way to to really uh elucidate what I'm my thought here is. Um, I, I think at this point in a draft you just you have your queue, you have your list of like 15 guys in no man's land and you line them up, maybe not necessarily by how much you want them, but also a little bit of that. I think there's two variables with guys after 72 or whatever we decide no man's land is this year. Two variables is uh, how badly do you want them on your team, meaning how high do you think they're going to end up? And variable number two is how far will they fall? And I think this is the point where, how high you think they're gonna go? Basically, how much you want them starts to wait more for me than how far I think they're gonna fall. In the early rounds, first three rounds, we can wipe those out. I'm not worried about guys falling. I'm taking my safe foundation. Rounds four, five, and six, we can call it tentatively. I mean, it's you know nothing's etched in stones in in any of this. Uh, rounds four, five, and six, that's where I'm worried way more about how far guys are falling versus how badly I want them. And then from round seven on, and the later you go, the more the weight tips towards how badly you want a guy. But I think that's a point where you're worried less about, hey, did this guy fall? And, and instead, you're like, this is the guy I want to put on my team because I think he's going to have the better year. And you're less worried about, you know, did I get a good value at this point? Because they're all bunched up anyway. Did that make more sense? I don't even know.
0: No, it makes perfect sense. But I just think some of these guys are guys that I still think have top 40 to 70 upside or top 40 to 60 upside. So I want to take them if they fall, even if I have someone who I think on my rankings might do a little bit better. But at this point, I'm going to take someone who's who I, in this late of a draft, like eighth or ninth round of someone I think is going to be 40 to 60th um, versus someone who could be, could, could between, I don't know, 35th and a hundredth. I'd rather have the 40 to 60th guy. If that makes sense.
1: Now, how much are you concerned about which of those guys might get back to
0: you? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not because there's no there's no one at once I get to this point. There's no one that I'm confident is going to be great. Yeah, so I, I'm not even worried about missing out on. Oh, this is this guy could be phenomenal, but the the probability is, is not that high. So I'm not, not. I don't believe I'm that smart to get that right. It's so.
1: almost non-existent. There's like one, maybe two guys a year that make the leap from outside the top seventy-five in pre-rank to inside the top 35 40 in final rank there's usually like a couple of guys if you're going on a per game basis the ones that usually make the leap are the guys that play all 82 games cuz then you can make the the totals argument this last year who was it it was like buddy healed and one other guy made that leap it's they're almost non-existent this actually harkens i don't know if you did this on purpose to a conversation that Brandon and I had yesterday which was You know, you're looking at these guys and you're sort of saying how many players really in this neighborhood could outperform their draft position by three or four rounds? The answer is almost none. But then I think, are you making an argument to take the guy you want as opposed to one that's falling?
0: Um, Am I? I don't know. I I, I don't think I am because, well, it seems like you're on the razor's edge here. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, Bill Murray is from Chicago, but anyway. Um, have you ever seen that movie? By the way, It was one of his best movies. Um, uh, Mark, I just think guys like Cantor and Gasol are safe mid-round picks, and yes. if they're going to no man's land, I'm going to take them every time.
1: So let me let's let's look at actual ADPs now, because we, we've we've okay. had this discussion in in a in kind of a hypothetical vacuum sort of deal. Let me find out, and I didn't have this pulled up. Prior to starting this sentence. So, this is the art of broadcasting, talking while you're getting the work done in the background. The ADPs on these guys uh, Ennis Cantor is 91, and Marcus Soul is 74. So, he actually went a lot later than usual in this particular draft. Cantor a little bit after his ADP, but not by a whole lot. Um, if you're looking at ADPs, that can often be a tool, at least for me. I don't know if you use them the same way. I would probably take Mark, if I wanted both of those guys equally, and that's this, so we're putting ourselves back in this sort of weird, non-existent, uh, unable to create hypothetical. But if you wanted these guys exactly the same amount on your team, for me at that point, I'm looking at the guy with a higher ADP and I'm probably taking him because he's less likely to make it back. It sounds like you're going, at that point, you're going for whichever guy you think has fallen farther. So maybe we actually agree. We're just saying it in different ways.
0: Maybe, but the thing is with the ADPs, I think once you get past a certain point, I don't know what that number is, it's very... The variance is so great from league to league that I don't trust them that much.
1: That's why why we got to keep breaking these things down see if there's any consistency (laughs) among them. Uh, I think if I'm in this spot, and it's pick 98 and pick 99, as it was in this draft, um, I'm taking the guy that i want more because it's so late i'm not worried about how much a guy fell i just there's the at this point i want the guy that i think is going to have the better season numbers this is now late enough where that has become the more powerful weight factor on my team did i right yeah i hope i know you had like two or three things to talk about we might spend our entire time talking about one thing but that might be that might not be a bad idea
0: um no hopefully we can move on I just think no we don't have no at some point so so then at this point um all right so that was the first point I want to discuss with you and get your thoughts on um the second one is how many players do you think from round 10 like if you're doing a 13 round draft in you know 10 starters 13 total um I think for me from round ten onwards, I usually at most have one of those guys on my roster by the end of the season.
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm almost always zero. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, I would say it's between zero and one. It and, is um, definitely
1: the over. At that,
0: that point, I don't take anyone that's not high upside. Do you ever do that?
1: Um, I sometimes probably do, but that's a that it's a stupid decision that I've made. I'll I'll call myself the name that I should be called. There, you really should be hunting upside at that point. Because those guys are never going to last on your team. Like if you're, let's look at some of the picks from this draft and see if we can pull out an example of each of them. Um, look at, let's look at the last round. Mm-hmm. Any of those guys? I mean, like, who of them among those guys is a no upside pick? This round, by the way, I'm going to rattle them off real quick for the listeners. Uh, DJ Augustine, <laughs> that might be our answer right there. <laughs> but... <laughs> Robert Punchy Portis, uh, Mo Bamba, Clay Thompson, Ivica Zubac, Alfred Payton, um, <laughs> Rodion's Keurix, who might not be playing to start the year, Thad Young, Darius Garland, Rudy Gay, Harrison Bonds, and Tyler Johnson. That's picks 145 to 156. DJ Augustin, I, I, we both laughed. He seems like the obvious answer to no upside, very safe last round point guard pick. Are we in agreement on that?
0: Yeah, I would not draft him at all.
1: Yeah, because there's no way he does better than top 110.
0: Yeah, so the, the, the pick that I like the best here is Darius Garland.
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about rookies.
0: <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about him either. But he's starting for Cleveland, and we have no idea what his stat set's going to be. And we, we, it could be decent. So,
1: What about Harrison Barnes? Is there any upside there at this point in his career anymore? Even I, don't, though I don't think so. He's the I oldest 27-year-old yeah. on planet Earth.
0: I guess the biggest upside guy is Rudy Gay.
1: Yeah, I actually really like the Rudy Gay pick there. I can't believe he fell that far.
0: Yeah, that's probably the biggest upside. But um, Zubac, oh,
1: Meh, um, man, meh. I
0: don't, yeah, I don't think so. No. Um, Thompson is just a stash, I guess, for the playoffs. Yeah. Um,
1: Portis, there's a little upside there if he plays his way into time, but not a ton. Alfred Payton has a little bit. I don't like his game, but at 150, what if he steals the starting job there?
0: Right. So there, there is a potential there. Uh, it's, it's very small, but it's, it's there. It's a um, I mean, this same with Tyler Johnson. I yeah. mean, it's very small, but it's there too. So
1: mm. what about the previous round round 12? What do we see there? Round 12, um, I think the biggest
0: upside here is, uh, I know you're going to probably disagree with me is Kevin Herter.
1: I don't like his game yet. And maybe it evolves this year, but he didn't, he had some stuff missing from his fantasy game last year. I think there's a few upside guys actually in this. Yeah, the there's 12.
0: actually a few. Go ahead, tell me yours.
1: Uh I, I know this is going to sound crazy. I think Nick Batum has an upside in this round.
0: I'm all in on Batum this year. Go ahead.
1: Um <laughs> I don't know anything about DeAndre Hunter, so I'm going to skip right over that one. I think Paul Millsap is actually an upside play in this round. Yeah. Old guy.
0: Uh those are those are your uh old farts right there. Yeah, the old I'm farts under right?
1: the old farts <laughs> underdrafted club. Oh, you oh, oh bleep. That's <laughs> Um, uh, OG Ananobi, there's a little upside there. Joe Harris, uh, eh, he's a safer one, but I mean I see that's a safe pick that I feel like there's a reason to have.
0: No? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you need three-pointers, sure. I don't I have not looked at all these rosters. But if you need three-pointers, he's obviously not a bad pick at all around 12. What do you that's think about Cody Zeller there?
1: Pick 144. Oh boy. Yeah, um, plodding top 95 center.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you need those categories, he's not bad either. I've I've definitely been in leagues where I will pick him up when when I'm deficient in those stat sets, and he's he's not bad, you know. So if you need that stat that. set, but obviously there's no upside. You see no, what I did to no you, though. Upside.
1: Yeah, do you see what we just did to one another right there? We talked ourselves into a no upside round twelve play.
0: Well, it depends on your team roster. Yes, I guess so. But so maybe the, maybe there are caveats. But I'd much rather have, uh, I mean, Batum or Herder or Nilsap.
1: Is there anyone you would take in round 13 over Cody Zeller at the end of round 12 besides maybe Rudy Gay?
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think I would take – oh, besides Rudy Gay. Sorry. Peyton? Maybe Alfred
1: Payton. (laughs) Right? I don't know. There's right. no upside. I think what there's we're seeing is, no is that upside there either. there's none yeah, left yeah, after a buck 44. I'm, I'm trying
0: to, I didn't see who was undrafted. There'd have to be some undrafted guys that I'd probably take. Yeah, that's anyway. true.
1: Good point. Um, yeah. There still are a few, I think, in rounds 11 and 12. And so maybe what we're learning is that by about pick 145, Slim Pickens. <laughs> slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. Uh, old comedian, too. Um, we may be running out of time for a big picture item. What's the, can we, can we speed run through your third thing or should we save it for next week?
0: Oh, no, let's just uh, – I'm just going to throw out a couple players here that I think are somewhat interesting from the okay. later rounds. So you tell me if you think they're interesting or not. Okay. Uh, Alex Lin.
1: Uh No, not interested.
0: Not interested? I know he's going to uh, play a
1: little bit more, but his, he has not yet in his career shown that his fantasy game can evolve to a, a longer stretch on the floor.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm. trying to pick guys too. You haven't talked much about, so that's one of the, That's why I threw him out mm-hmm. there. Um, another guy who I think might be interesting, who you haven't really talked much about, is Norman Powell.
1: I'm not a Norman Powell guy either. Uh, okay, I know he's going to play more this year, but uh, he he hasn't really shown the ability to add the stuff that you'd need to be an upside guy. He ends. He looks to me. He looks like he might be more of a weird plodding shooting guard type, which is not what we're looking for in these rounds. I don't think there's a ton of upside there.
0: I agree. And then the last person I want to bring up is someone who I've had uh, many a love affair with, and Ooh. it's never, it's never worked. It's never worked. I wonder if this year it could work. And that's uh, Dwight Powell in Dallas.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that one. I, I'm, I'm joining you in, in love affair. I mean, it worked out pretty well after the all-star break last year. It did, but
0: you know, there's a, there's a, there's a <laughs> I was trying to come up with a nice word, but yeah, there's a unicorn in the room. Yeah,
1: there's a so. there's a there's a Christy Porzingis in town, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think those guys are playing together. Honestly, I, I do too,
0: but I don't I don't know what that means for Powell.
1: Um, Kristaps doesn't rebound, so I'm not that worried. Actually, I, I mean, I think a lot of Dwight Powell's numbers are going to be tied up in dunks and rebounds, uh, and I, I think those are still going to be there on the offensive end because Doncic is going to be uh drawing a crowd. Chris Stops is going to draw a crowd. I I I liked my pal. I like that he's that he's falling. I think that's a I think it's a decent upside play with a decent floor. Um so I'm with you on that one. I I wasn't with the other ones. I'm with you on that one.
0: Alright. And then I think that's it. I mean these other guys I like, but I think you've already talked about so we can we don't have to keep talking about them. Well, we can just shut um, the
1: podcast off and you and I can talk about how much we love Nick Batum off air now.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I've always loved that guy.
1: It's, yeah it's... I've been terrified of his faulty wrist for so many years but damn there is no way that they just let Terry Rozier run the offense unfettered for the entire season Uh, I mean the inefficiency that would come with that is just it's overwhelming but doom's gonna have to do something and we actually saw him wake up a tiny bit towards the end of last year it took him like four months to try and then he started doing a few things and so there's a there's just a little bit left in the tank but here's the beauty part to, I'm going to I'm gonna put a bow on this whole discussion we've had. If any of these picks don't work out, the whole point that you just said at the beginning was, how many of these guys you ever end on with on your team anyway? Half of a player. Point one. One out of every six you probably have on your team at the end of the season. So take a shot. If it doesn't work, throw them into the trash heap.
0: Yeah, that's the main thing I've learned is that There's no point in thinking that anyone after the 10th round is definitely going to be on my team. So there's no reason to get too enamored with anybody at that point.
1: Yeah, and maybe don't get attached to them either. If they suck, feel free to cut bait. How many times have you looked back on like an 11th rounder you cut and thought, oh, not often. Not unless it's like a stash that you couldn't wait long enough for. Pretty infrequently. Yeah, Um, very, very rare, but yes. Neil, can I get you back on Tuesday next week? So uh, let's assume I don't, I don't mess up your whole day again.
0: Yes, I would love to come back.
1: Thank goodness. Uh, that means we'll get to talk about stuff earlier in a draft because we're breaking down drafts the month of September. That's what this is all about. At Ball with Neil, my good buddy. My co-host, the great Neil Rochelani. Thank you, my good man. Thank you, Dan. That was a good one. That was a good Thursday show. Thanks to those guys. Coach and Neil, good dudes. I would ask of you all one thing and one thing only, and that is check out DFS today. New episode coming out uh, probably within a few hours of this one on Thursday. Coach and Mike Apatria, you heard him talk about it earlier in the show. This is this is my new baby. Forget D- uh, NBA today. I-, I got this. This show is this show practically hosts itself at this point. No, it's I kid. I just I really want you guys to check out our new stuff. I really think it's a good show. I've been listening to it uh the first episode i uh, i'm i'm can't wait to listen to episode 2 really excited for what these guys are going to bring to hoop ball so check it out drop a five star review on this one and on dfs today subscribe as well we got to get those subscriptions going get those subscriptions going and of course check out fantasydraft.com they are the official sponsor of the dfs today show for the official partner uh, i get my nomenclature right doesn't matter what you call them Just use them for your DFS stuff. I am Dan Baspris. Please shoot me a note if you want to hop in a hoop ball league. Those are going to be open for about another month. And then we'll shut them down basically, you know, as long as we get to 10 to 12 guys. We want 12 in every league, 12 team leagues. But, you know, those last minute ones, if you got nine teams in a league, you're not going to close it down. You're just going to try to squeeze one more in there. Make sure you got at least a marginally competitive one. So most of them are going to be 12-teamers. Keep hitting me up. I'll keep opening new ones as long as people keep jo- wanting to join them and people continue to ask to join them. I have another handful of emails I haven't looked at right now. So hit me up, at Dan Bespers on Twitter or in the HoopBall forums. I'll see it in either one of those two places. hoop is the website. Click on the forums tab. If you want to hop in a league, you can tell me there. If you don't have Twitter, if you do, just shoot me a line. Again, at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Love to see you. We've got free leagues and $50 leagues as well. You can follow my guests/slash co-hosts from today's podcast at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Neil is at Ball with Neil, N-E-I-L. And I am at Dan Bespris. Have a wonderful Thursday, everybody. Finishing up the week tomorrow with my good buddy, Adrian Benjamins. We actually get to do a podcast two weeks in a row instead of separated by six months this time. Maybe we'll do Adrian's favorites again, or maybe we'll just pick up from pick 84, get up to 100 this week. I haven't decided. Maybe I'll let Adrian decide. That's probably the way to go. We'll talk to you then.
0: This has been a HoopBall presentation.